Good evening and welcome to Voice of the Soul, Empower Living Podcast. Tonight's topic is Empowered to Choose. This is the most important topic I ever do. It's one of the topics that integrates all of the work I do, whether it's speaking or counseling or anything else, writing. The entire concept of this podcast is about learning how to choose between the voice of your addict and the voice of your soul. And as you know, because this is what the podcast is titled, voice of the soul is incredibly important to me. The voice of the soul is the intuitive voice within every human being that tries to guide us to make the right decisions and take the right path. It's there to protect us and lead us into what is our greatest destiny. It's not the only voice we hear. It's really important to acknowledge that the other voice we hear is the voice of our ego. And unlike psychotherapy ego, I believe that ego is actually the shadow dark side of our human self that is here for us to master and to overcome so that we can live in our highest truth. It constantly fights for the power to keep our attention on it and what it is controlling. I believe in reincarnation, which is an important thing that I have to say straight out. Not that animals become people or that we will become an animal or a bug, but that people go through evolutions of lifetimes until they master their earth life. And we come back here based on what we didn't achieve in our last life or in order to pay some karmic debt because of something we might have done that wasn't exactly appropriate. But most of the time we come back because it's school and we enroll in the school of life, which is another topic that I will be doing. And we take classes just like we would if we were in college. And we have an opportunity to drop out of those classes or complete those classes. The end result is we graduate, we're a professor, we're able to help other students, and they also graduate. And the cycle takes us from the earth plane back to the ethereal plane and then we choose where we're going to go from there but the cycle of death and rebirth on the earth plane is very much driven by the ego the ego is the darker human side of us that makes the mistakes and draws us into a world of selfish human desire and addiction and our personality self the one that actually chooses what to listen to has been drawn into the drama of the ego and therefore has lost the connection that helps us achieve graduation. So we come back, we start over. And before we start over, we sit down with some very advanced, amazing, wise beings who are there to help guide us to design this life so that we can achieve success and graduate. And I mean design. It's not predetermined, it's pre-designed. And in pre-designing this life, we know exactly what we want to accomplish here and how to make sure we don't make the same mistakes again. And we're given the tools to be able to achieve success here. And then we're born. And from there, we go through the process of evolving. And then we have to make choices. The choices are based on the interpreter, which is us, doing life every day mastering the ego or listening to the soul the soul which is our higher divine self the offspring of the divine creator god whatever you want to call it 
universal principle, divine mind, whatever you call it doesn't really matter, but it's the power of creation that created us as its offspring. And so the voice of our soul is a direct interpreter of that energy. And that energy, I don't see as a person. I see manifested in certain beings, Jesus, Mary, Buddha, Muhammad, some great prophets that lived from Moses to Gandhi to really evolved beings who left this planet a better place and are still involved in the evolution of this planet. The voice of the soul is interpreting these divine beings all the time. It's trying to guide us to make the right decisions. It has to overcome the distractions and the deafening noise of the ego in order to reach us. And if we're really trapped by the ego, then we've descended into addiction. Ego's primary way of controlling us is to move us into the world of addiction. And that can be food, it can be drugs, it can be alcohol, it can be sex, it can be spending, it can be gambling, it can be anything. Any compulsive behavior that lowers our consciousness and keeps us trapped and away from our soul path. Uh, addictions are the weapon of the ego to keep us away from our divine path because the ego does not want us to evolve because once we evolve where we're supposed to, the ego won't come with us. It'll just be us, our divine self and a divine realm and a life of advancement and consciousness. Once we master these lessons, everybody has intuition. There are three types of intuition, clairsentience, which is the ability to feel. And that's where you can just have a hunch or feel like something is going to happen or you feel uneasy or you feel good, but you're picking up on something around you. Men will say they have a gut level feeling. Women will say they have an intuitive sense. They're both the same thing. And it's called clairsentient ability to feel something that isn't just with the five senses. Then there's the ability to hear which is a clairaudient ability. That is the intuitive process of being able to hear something that doesn't fall into the typical five senses is hearing the voice of your soul guide you where you need to be specific intuition within your own mind, oftentimes speaking with your own voice, but in a much more loving, strong, calming voice. The voice of the soul is never going to talk to you in a way that would create fear, anxiety, or pressure. It may be parental and direct, but it will never create fear. So if you feel fearful or anxious, it's the voice of the ego. And then the last thing is clairsentience, clairaudience. The last thing is clairvoyance. Clairvoyance is the ability to see. That's a much more difficult form of intuition, which you will typically find when you do the meditations and the guided imagery meditations, when you are guided to see something that's clairvoyance. And then if you start to have visions and dreams that you're able to see in a meditative state or in any other way that you can find that calm connection. So those three forms of intuition are available to anyone. And if you don't have all three, it doesn't matter. All you need is the most important one, which is clairsentient, the ability to feel. 
And then ultimately moving from that to clairaudient, which is the ability to hear the voice of your soul. Its goal is to guide you. It is in contact with the greatest wisdom in the universe at all times. And it is doing what's called streaming, which is bringing that information through us so that we can do our life the way we're supposed to do it. The pre-designed life that we created before we even incarnated here. But we have free will. We are empowered to choose. Empowered means we were given the gift, the strength, and the ability to choose the voice of the soul to guide us in this life. The problem is we oftentimes follow the voice of the ego. And the ego is incredibly destructive. And its goal is to keep us earthbound so that there is nothing but distractions. It might be as simple as being complacent or watching too much TV or just tuning out or as dangerous as becoming an addict of some kind, which deals with alcohol or drugs or any other really bad behaviors that lower our consciousness to where we're more like the animal human and not the spirit human. And I don't mean animals in a negative way because I love animals. I mean that there's a darker animalistic side of human beings that we don't want to be. And that's where the ego will take us when we hit addictions, especially repetitive, strong, conscious, addictive behavior. Oftentimes those addictive behaviors are super destructive to us and to everybody around us. I would have to say that if it weren't for the voice of my soul, I would be dead because my addict was very powerful and it took a long time for me to finally get the tools down to really listen to the voice of my soul guide me. When I'm sharing with you, I'm also letting the voice of my soul speak through me to reach you. And if it connects with you, I hope that you find pieces of wisdom that will guide your own life. If it doesn't resonate with you, I totally understand you finding another place to be inspired. The goal for me is to be able to help people realize that they are a divine soul with divine DNA as the offspring of something divine and that they have the capacity uh, to choose by being empowered to choose to connect with the voice of the soul to guide their path in order to master the ego into submission and keep it out of the way so that it doesn't drag us into addiction so that we keep ourselves going through the cycle of death and rebirth, death and rebirth, death and rebirth. We're just here to rebirth ourselves to the highest us we can. And then when we leave, we can be done. But that takes following the path of the intuition. Intuition is basically the simple way of identifying the voice of the soul. And everybody's intuition is going to be different. But learning to trust it is part of the plan. There are a couple of techniques you can use in order to understand what we call the third voice. In the soul of an addict, the seven spiritual steps of sobriety, step five, which is the most powerful step because it explains the difference between the first, second, and third voice. The third voice is the voice of the soul. The second voice is the us that interprets the two voices. And then the first voice is the voice of the destructive ego slash addict. And why do I say that the ego slash addict is the first voice? Because it's the first one we typically will listen to. It's tangible. 
we're familiar with it. It's been following us around for multiple lifetimes. It has everything in its command to try to control us if we choose to let it control us. And then the commitment to our spiritual progression is how we stay connected to the voice of the soul, the third voice. In any form of addiction that has become out of control to where we feel super depressed, agitated, anxious, disconnected, and so we're turning to something to anesthetize pain or to help us forget or to help us feel more alive or to help us feel adrenaline or to help us feel calm and we turn to a substance or a behavior to do that, then we're in an addictive control mechanism of the ego. The ego loves to drag us into addiction because the more addicted we become, the less spiritual we become and our life becomes under the control of the ego. The goal here is to learn how to listen to the voice of the soul so that doesn't happen. And if you're already in an addictive phase, understand it, recognize it, realize it, and get the necessary help to fix it. Sometimes we do need to get help. I did go through treatment. I went through an outpatient treatment program 33 years ago for drugs and alcohol. But those weren't my only addictions. I had many, but those were the ones that I went through treatment for. And the soul of an addict and the seven spiritual steps to sobriety have a very powerful spiritual component, which is not religion, it's spirit. And that's the awakened divine self that has power over our life and in our life if we choose to let it. If you're failing right now, and you feel like life is overwhelming and you flatlined or you're angry or depressed or any number of those things, chances are the voice that you're following is the voice of your ego slash addict. And why do I say ego slash addict? Because it starts with the ego and the ego's goal is to lead us to the addict because the addict itself then becomes all consuming and we are rendered deaf or at least the soul voice, the voice of the soul can't get through because we've got earplugs in and the earplugs are our addiction. It's helpful if you will take a piece of paper, make a T-chart, and on one side, write down all of your negative characteristics and be really honest. Controlling, angry, victim, um, any number of things that might jump in that you know are negative characteristics. And then on the other side of that T-chart, write down all your positive characteristics that are the opposite. You can just take what you said that was negative and write the opposite of that next to it if you want to. Or you can just write down things that you know you're really great at, you know, that you're happy, that you're, that you're a, a kind person. It's sometimes it's hard to get your your positive attributes out when you're feeling negative, but it's helpful because it'll give you the characteristics of your higher self. There are many different ways you can learn to do that in being able to design your connection with your higher self. There are what are called divination tools, which can help you do that. Divination tools are exactly that. They're tools that help you connect with your divine self. The only ones that I recommend for my clients are medicine cards or sacred path cards that are written by Jamie Sams, who is a Native American woman, and they're wonderful. They're wonderful guidance card, uh, kind of a 
positive version of tarot, but it's in the Native American genre. And it's they're very beautiful. They're very positive. And um, there are ways you can use them to communicate with the voice of your soul if you're having a hard time hearing it on your own. And that's one system. But really, if you just listen to yourself, you know there's another voice going on in there. And there's chatter, back and forth, back and forth. Negative chatter, positive chatter. Again, the voice of the soul will always be positive. Maybe strong and parental and say, no, you can't do that or no, you can't have that. But it won't be, it won't create fear. The ego and the addict create fear, anger, all negative human characteristics. Empower to choose gives us the ability to take control of our destiny and say, this is what I want to do and overcome the powerful chatter of the ego. In order to do that, we have to define the ego in a way to where it becomes a, an entity, if you will. It's followed us around forever. It's got its own legs, its own life, its own form. And one way that you can figure it out really is to just do a Google search under evil or dark entities or dark energies or anything that's dark, dark lords. Um, it's simple if you just take characters from, let's say, Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter, and you take the good and the evil characters, and you say the evil is the ego slash addict, and then the good is your divine self. I, for one, figured out for me that it worked for me to use Medusa as my ego. The, myth the mythology behind Medusa and the way she looks and all of those things are really appropriate for me. So I use Medusa as my ego. And Medusa is constantly trying to drag me back to my addict. And my addict, which I named long before I came up with Medusa, which was Elvira, which was the blood-sucking, over-sexual, evil vampirus who just was evil and used other people and used her sex in order to, you know, dominate people, etc. She's in a coffin and she's nailed down and I'm pretty safe from her. It's been 33 years since she's been able to have any control over my life. But Medusa is a different story. Medusa has several snakes on her head that when they get chattering and striking and uh, moving around and they're striking blows at me as well as people in my life, then she has been activated. And she's just about being destructive and turning people to stone, turning me to stone, um, aggressive, aggressive um, dynamic in visualizing her as my ego. My divine self has an image as well. You don't necessarily have to have an image of your divine self. It might just be a glowing light at the top of your head. Um, but if you need to do a Google search under divine images of gods or goddesses or angels or whatever, and then attach yourself to this positive image, I use Gilbert Williams, who's a wonderful artist. I've brought this up before, who did a painting that I found 28 years ago, and it was actually a calendar. And the image just blew me away then, and it was called Isis Rising. And of course, it wasn't about the Isis that we know of now that are the militant, awful, evil beings. It was the goddess Isis from Egypt. 
and his interpretation of it was beautiful and I could identify with it. And even as I speak right now, I have an image that he actually did for me in a gel print less than 10 feet away from me. And when I need to connect with the divine spiritual side of me, that is where I focus and that's what I see as my divine self and the divine energy that she's translating from the ethereal realm to guide us. I know this sounds complicated, but if we really can grab a hold of this and just look at it as good and evil and that we have a dark side and we have a light side and we are empowered to choose which one's going to run our life. And in understanding the nature of our dark side, we can use our light side, our divine self, in order to pull out of the trap that the ego is trying to pull us into and to keep us focused on what we need to do. It takes discipline. And if you hate that word, uh, somebody brought up the fact that discipline had the derivative of disciple, which I really liked because... I used to interpret the word as discipline as just an ungodly amount of work. Um, but I liked the, the word that discipline meant that I could use the, the part of the word disciple and, and understand that that's me becoming a teacher or a healer or someone who can share wisdom. Uh, I also use devotion and commitment because those two are, are really important. Most of the time we fall off our path because we're not committed to staying connected spiritually. And I'm not talking about going to church. You know, you can be super spiritual and never step into a church. You can be super religious and be absolutely not spiritual. It's all in how you live your life, whether you're judgmental, whether you look at other people and base how you're going to judge them on their lifestyle, the color of their skin, um, all the things that actually show ignorance and lack of spirituality. It might be your religion, but it's absolutely not spiritual. Some of the most spiritual people I know are Native Americans who have never stepped in a church and find great spirit underneath a tree when they're being quiet and respecting nature. And that isn't paganism because they do believe in a divine creator and it's a beautiful philosophy in respecting all things that live are messengers. And there are many different reasons why we can tune into a divine messenger coming from multiple sources that are trying to reach us with knowledge and wisdom and stay away from the ego that's just trying to drag us off of our path. Understanding that your own ego is sabotaging your life and that you can choose to make different choices by listening to your, the voice of your soul tell you what you're here to do. The voice of the soul is also connected to the divine wisdom on the other side that does divine networking, which means as if you stay connected to the things that create the awakening of your spirit and the discipline, devotion, and commitment to living a spiritual life, and I don't mean as a nun or as a yogi or anybody else that just sing, is in a singular focus about being connected, but I mean integrating your spirituality as part of your life, you're going to be able to bring other people through divine networking into your life that you want in your life, whether it's a mate or a business partner or an opportunity or creativity or health or any number of things. 
It's being able to literally make contact with wisdom and guidance that's beyond this earth. And our, the voice of our soul is exactly doing that every single day if we'll plug in. And plugging in is as simple as getting yourself quiet and listening to the chatter in your head and then trying to get quiet enough to differentiate between the chatter of the ego and something that is much bigger than that, that is calming and powerful and is trying to guide you. And then pay attention to coincidences that start to happen that are leading you to places or people that just, just happen. I say with air quotes, because they're supposed to, they're brought into your life because you're ready. Opportunities are ready. You're ready for the opportunities. And if you're not ready and they're part of your divine path, it's because your ego is in charge and has probably jammed you right up against your addict. And now you're going, uh Oh, and understanding that your addict takes on an even more grotesque and darker energy than your ego, you can actually put yourself in a place where you can morph the power of the ego by seeing that the addict is truly an evil energy. And you can grasp an image of that however you need to. Um, our divine self is here to create, to heal, to love, to grow, and to guide us to the point of evolving past the cycle of being trapped where the ego and the addict are in charge. And we are in a place where we can actually help other people move in into a place where they are empowered to choose and empowered to change. And those are mantras for us, empowered to choose, empowered to change. If nothing else, you get those two lines down, it'll change your life because no one is really keeping us down except us. Yes, there may be external forces that are negative and they may be part of a lesson we have to learn. They may be something that the ego dredged up that we unfortunately jumped on the bandwagon and slid down the, the dark slide to the addict. We have to overcome it. So we accept it. We move on. We can bitch and moan all we want, but we have to overcome. And the biggest way to do it is to be able to create a discipline of some kind where you devote, even if it's a half an hour a day, to getting quiet enough to listening to your soul. The voice of the soul speaks in full sentences, in full thoughts, in, in specific direction. Journaling is a great way to start listening to the soul. When you first start journaling, you just write down how you're feeling. Just write down, you know, if you're ticked off, you're upset, you're sad, you're happy, you're grateful. Uh, just write down things just every day, write down things. And when you're done, just write down a question. Just simply ask this divine presence to guide you or just say, you know, what is something that you want me to do or how should I handle X, Y, Z or whatever. And then just let your pen hit the pad and start writing. And that's a form of streaming where you do divine intuitive streaming of the voice of your soul. The information that comes out should always be positive and supportive and strong. If it's negative, then it's the ego. And you'll learn to differentiate between the two voices with practice. It's been, a, you know, in most of our cases, years and years and years of listening to the ego slash addict. And so learning to listen to the soul 
and the voice of the soul and what it's trying to say, uh, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's like learning to walk. I mean, we have to start over again and really listen. But if any of you have ever been caught in an addictive process of your life and you have become sober at least once, you've heard that voice very strong in your head at some point that said, you need to stop or you need to change or you need to do something. And it's very powerful. It isn't a still small voice. It's a powerful small voice. By small, I mean inside, internally in your own head, because I really don't think it's small in size. I think it's, it embraces all of us. It's not just above us. It's within us. It is us. It's just that it's the higher part of our divine DNA that is godlike. And it's hard to look at ourselves as being godlike when we're screwing up or we don't have the things we want to have in our life. Although I do believe that Jesus did everything he could by becoming who he was to leave us with tools and instruments to say that know ye not that ye are God, this and greater things shall you do, and really strongly um, laid out a whole pathway for people to understand that they were divine beings, not of the earth, but of spirit. And there are many, many teachings that will guide that process. And I'll get into a lot of that around Easter. But um, he was a great, great master who came here to give us the tools to overcome and to advance into our divine self as he did. And that's what he tried to teach us. So in our life, we have the opportunity to live like a Christ and to become the Christ within ourselves, the light within ourselves, which is the God light and be the best us we can be, or we can fall into the dark side of the human ego. Devoting time to connect can be ways that you find yourself getting still quiet or attuned. Some people truly find that happen when they're doing Tai Chi or Qigong or yoga. Uh, I'm not talking power yoga where you're sweating because we have westernized yoga into oblivion. I'm talking about yoga where you're aligning with the spirit voice through your breath and through calm visualization. And that's... Um, each person's process that it's the the authentic yoga of breathing and there are several different ways you could do it it's up to you how you do it you can do it sitting under a tree or watching nature or sitting next to a lake uh, communicating with someone you respect reading a book watching an inspiring movie there are many ways that the divine voice will get through us if we connect through a true devotion to want to hear it. You have to want to hear it. So you're empowered to choose to hear it. And that choice to have the voice of your soul run your life versus the voice of the ego, which is earthbound and selfish and um, pretty much has one goal, and that's to keep us from progressing. And it's seriously important that we understand how strong the calling is of the ego and how stealth it can be in creating the distractions, whether it's relationships, which are just as difficult to um, avoid when we're trying to stay attuned because being in negative relationships or relationships that absorb our energy 
so we don't stay on our path is just as bad as drinking and doing drugs. So you have to really do some positive inventory on yourself and be honest because nobody else is watching you, your soul, the divine ones. Be honest about what you know you're doing that is, that is negative because it's easy to point the finger and be pissed off at God or people around you or play victim because you're always the one who goes through the negative stuff, blah, blah, blah. We've all had hardships, some way worse than others. And that doesn't mean that person's a bad person because some people who go through hardships, when they emerge from those hardships, they become teachers and healers because they have found the connection to the voice of their soul, which rose them from the ashes like a phoenix. And they were reborn to be able to give their life purpose and meaning. So the goal is that now with today, it's important that I include quotes as I always do. And actually I'm going to identify some very powerful people that you will recognize the names who couldn't have functioned without the connection to the voice of their soul. They called it intuition, however, and, um, that's the only difference. So the quotes are based on famous historical people who believed in intuition. After I go through the quotes, deal with the topic itself, because validating that the voice of the soul is an actual, it's an actual experience. It's a reality and that the ego is an actual experience and it's a reality and you're standing right smack in the middle and you have to choose which one are you going to choose? And knowing that in order to really get the most out of the voice of your soul, you have to give it time. You have to devote time. If you don't devote time, then it's going to be a really squeaky, quiet voice very far away. And the ego speaks really loud and has really tempting, awesome ways to distract you away from the soul. The companion meditation to today, which is called the third voice, which will be right behind this one on the podcast is one of my favorite meditations that I was gifted to stream. And it will really help you identify and summarize how you can hear the voice of the soul and, and the voice of the ego slash addict. It deals more with feeling it and guiding you through a visual guided imagery, but it will help. So for sure, take time to listen to the meditation. If you can stay conscious through it, and by that, I mean, don't fall asleep at least once, it will be helpful for you to be able to see the message of what does the soul voice look like, sound like, what does the soul or what does the ego addict voice look like, sound like. I always encourage people to allow themselves to fall asleep during the meditations because you're getting it on a higher level of consciousness. But in this case, try to stay awake at least once so that you can identify with the two definitions. So the first quote is by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. As with the migrant birds, so surely with us, there is a voice within if only we would listen to it, 
that tells us when to go forth into the unknown. Sometimes we're standing at the crossroads and we just can't seem to move. We're stuck. We know there's something ahead and there are even things that we want to accomplish, but we're stuck. And we have to be able to trust that that voice will come through and tell us it's time to step into the unknown. Not everything is going to be laid out so obvious that we know what to do. But if we listen to the voice, allow us to take one step, one foot in front of the other, in time the pieces will come together like a puzzle. And all we need to do is take one step that the voice guides us to into the unknown, and then the rest will fall into place. And on the flip side, by a man named Paul Brunton, your handicap is the strong ego, the I, which stands in the path and must be surrendered. If we bring it into correct alignment with and submission to the higher self, it will not hinder the path to an illumined life. It's a, it's a great quote. I understand that it's long, but what it's saying is that, yep, we all have a handicap, the strong ego, the I, 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 me, 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 which stands directly in the path of where we want to go. But it won't get in the way if we will master it and we will surrender it to our higher self. Surrendering it to our higher self is letting the voice of the soul tell us what we need to do in order to stay protected from its intensity. And then it basically is bumped aside or shrouded in light so that it's not in the way. And it's, a, it's just a great way to look at it. And then this is by a guy named Darren Johnson. The ego constantly competes with the spirit for control over the inner voice. And it is so true. The ego is in constant competition to try to make itself be known. But the voice of the soul will always be dominant if we will choose to listen to it and act on its guidance first. This is by Florence Shin. Intuition is a spiritual faculty and is not explained, but simply points the way. It is an intuitive faculty and a spiritual faculty. So we have to just trust no matter how nebulous that might sound, that as long as there's peace within us in making that decision and our body is calm and our mind is calm, that intuition is guiding us to a better place and we must just act on it. If we don't act on the voice when it's guiding us, it'll start to get quieter and quieter because the ego will seize the moment to pull us away and to distract us. And being empowered to choose is to choose not to follow the ego. Simple. Don't follow the ego's voice. Don't follow the addict's voice. Follow the voice of the soul. It's very important to understand that you have this capacity on so many different levels. It's something that men, I think, have had a harder time embracing, even though some of the most spiritual men I know are incredibly intuitive, but a lot of the time, I think society has made it kind of a gypsy female thing to be into intuitive, where really men are equally as intuitive. They just usually have a stronger clairsentience, which is the ability to feel. 
where women might have a stronger clairaudience, which is they're hearing things. But it doesn't matter. What matters is that you allow yourself to know that your intuition is real and it matters. This is by a guy named Alex Carell. All great men are gifted with intuition. They know without reasoning or analysis what they need to know. And that is taking the intellect out of the equation because reasoning and analysis is ego and intellect and say, not that it's bad to be intellectual, but if all you are is intellectual, then your ignorance will be obvious in how you move forward because your spirituality will be second and your spiritual connection with the voice of your soul must be first in order to live the ultimate supreme life that guides us to our ultimate supreme destiny. And intuition is the tool and the intuition is the voice of the soul. This is by a guy named Robert Graves. I love that these are by guys, these ones about intuition. Intuition is the super logic that cuts out all the routine process of thought and leaps straight from the problem to the answer. And it's true. If we're trusting our intuition and it's radiating from the voice of our soul as it is, because that is intuition, it'll cut through all the analyzing and intellect and take us right to the solution, which is a really important thing to know. This is by Lao Tzu. The power of intuitive understanding will protect you from harm until the end of your days. Now, why would that be? Because the voice of the soul will give us warnings when we are in danger. It will tell us that we need to be out of danger and it will tell us how to be out of danger. I ignored the voice of my soul for 10 years while I was an addict. I mean, over and over and over again, the warnings would come and they would tell me, you know, you need to stop. You need to stop. If you don't stop, there's going to be consequences. And I lost a lot and I suffered a lot and I hurt a lot of people. It was hard to go back and realize just the absolute chaos I created in my life and the people that I cared about because of my addictions. And truly to be able to look at that and understand that my soul at all times was trying to warn me and guide me and I just wasn't listening. So being empowered to choose is to allow that voice to take you into the place of light and understanding and out of harm's way. And then it not only protects you, it protects the people that you love. This is a great quote by Ram Dass. Spiritual practices help us move from identifying with the ego to identifying with the soul. And what is a spiritual practice? Like I said, that could be anything that feels spiritual to you, whether it's sitting in nature or it's doing some kind of energy work. Spiritual practices, though, will ask or demand even that you integrate the connection with the voice of your soul and do different systems of aligning with the spiritual nature of who you are. And everybody will find that path on their own if they're listening to the voice of their soul and especially through forms of meditation. The types of meditations that I do are called guided imagery meditations. 
but there are multiple types of meditations. You just have to find ones that feel right for you. And that's a spiritual practice. And there's many, but as you move into the spiritual practices that are there to heal your life and guide your life, you move away from the ego and you become connected with the soul. And then you're identifying with the soul and its guidance. This is by Jim Harrison. Some people hear their own inner voices with great clarity and they live by what they hear. Such people become crazy or they become a legend. And I really, I love that. It was simple, a little silly, but true. Uh, I remember the first time I did an MMPI because they would say, so do you hear things that other people don't hear? Or do you see things other people don't see? Um, and of course I answered yes, because of my intuition. And, and then there was this conversation about whether I was schizophrenic or not, which was kind of hilarious, but it's true. So do people think you're crazy because you can see things or hear things other people don't? Um, if you're truly aligned with the voice of your soul, you are going to hear and see things that other people don't. But most of the time you internalize them for your own life and not, you know, for other people to judge. But it's a really important thing to know is that that inner voice of yours will come with great clarity and it will guide you to what you need to do or what you need to avoid. Now I'm going to run down and I mean, run down a list because I, it's so awesome. And there's just too many that I couldn't select through them of the famous historical people who believe in intuition. And there's a page and a half. So I could have edited them down to two and just given you two, but I couldn't because they're so great. So I will try to run through them without, um, taking a lot of time so I can finish up. But the first one is by Aristotle. So like I said, these are, he, he lived in the third century. So as we go through some of these, you'll recognize some of the names. And if not, I'll kind of try to tell you. Anyway, this is Aristotle. Intuition is the source of scientific knowledge. Now that sounds like an oxymoron, but what an amazing thing from an amazing philosopher. Intuition is the source of scientific knowledge. I love, love, love Emerson and almost everything he says works for me, but this is just great. Trust the instinct to the end, though you can render no reason. And what he is saying is the instinct, which is your intuition, trust it to the end, because even if you can't explain why, just trust it because it's only going to take you to a higher place. That's its goal. This is Carl Jung, who was, you know, obviously, um, a more contemporary philosopher. Intuition is perception via the unconscious. I mean, his mind, you know, being much different than Freud, he felt much more connected to intuition and spirituality on that level, that intuition is actually connected to the unconscious and that it's a very powerful perception. And this is another Carl Jung, which I love through pride. We are ever deceiving ourselves, but deep down below the surface of the average conscience, a still small voice says to us, something is out of tune. So what he is saying is that as we're deceiving ourselves, there's that voice inside of us saying, this isn't right. And we know it. I mean, this isn't right. He's a psychiatrist and psychologist and a philosopher, but 
deceiving ourselves and through pride, we're deceiving ourselves. There's this amazing voice that is still trying to tell us that it's not right. This is Lao Tzu. The power of intuitive understanding will protect you from harm until the end of your days. That is the same thing that we just talked about before, that when we're connected to the whole process of intuitive understanding will be protected because it will guide us. And I, I already read that one a few minutes ago, and it's, he's just one of the famous people who said it, so it's duplicated. I guess we needed to hear it twice. This is Einstein. Einstein was so brilliant that it's shocking. And as brilliant as he was, and most of us know who he was, he was also deeply spiritual. This is the first of four Einstein quotes. I believe in intuition and inspiration. At times I feel certain I am right while not knowing the reason. So he's acknowledging that he has a formula in his head or something that he's doing that is absolutely right. And he's acknowledging that even though he has no reason to do that. He just feels it, which is his clairsentient um, self, his intuitive self feeling. Here's another one. There is no logical way to the discovery of these elemental laws. There is only the way of intuition, which is helped by a feeling for the order lying behind the appearance. So what he's trying to say is some of the laws that he came up with that were, became master thoughts and processes, you know, for someone like him and those who followed him, that there was no way to really explain it except that there was something in his intuition that said that he needed to and that he felt an order in the way things were presenting themselves. So he was basically using his uh, reason for coming up with his systems to his colleagues as his intuition. This is another one from him. The intellect has little to do on the road to discovery. There comes a leap in consciousness, call it intuition or what you will, and the solution comes to you and you don't know how or why, which is him again saying that all the solutions and all the problems and all the theories that he came up with evolved and presented themselves through his intuition and he couldn't explain it. This is the last one of his. The intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is a faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. So he believes that the intuitive mind is a sacred gift, and that even though it's a sacred gift, that society has fallen to a place of honoring the faithful servant, which is the rational mind, instead of the power that is the intuitive mind. And he has many. I mean, you can go through a Google search of Albert Einstein's inspirational quotes. I have pages of him for other topics, and it's just mind-blowing how deep he really was. This is by Oprah Winfrey. Follow your instincts. That's where true wisdom manifests itself. And instincts are no different than intuition. It's the same word. Now, these two guys that I'm going to end with on the famous people are quite well-known. And they're very left brain success men and they knew each other. And you'll know immediately when I tell you who they are. 
and no one i think in their industry or who might have known them personally um, from a business standpoint would have thought that they would use the words intuition to define their successes but this is the evidence that they do the first one is bill gates he says often you have to rely on intuition now most people know who bill gates is if you don't just wikipedia him he's saying one of the richest men in the world who's known for his left brain success in software development often you have to rely on intuition and it's it's just an amazing thing to think that someone who pretty much looks like he succeeded from his left brain was trusting that he had to rely on intuition to really close the deal in his in in his world of inventions and success and the last one is Steve Jobs and this one is long and I love it and since he's passed on the other side it makes this quote even more profound he says your time is limited so don't waste it living someone else's life don't be trapped by dogma which is living with the results of other people's thinking don't let the noise of others opinions drown out your own inner voice and most important have the courage to follow your heart and your intuition I imagine most people out there listening have an iPhone or have had an iPod or know about Apple and if you think about Steve Jobs and the success of that company and everything that he did he says the most important thing is to have the courage to follow your heart and your intuition and it's just beautiful it's just a beautiful thing that someone in his position was able to say that without you know needing to sound super heady or intellectual he's telling people it's one of the most important things you can do so those are powerful amazing well-known people who all had no problem coming out and saying listen to the voice of your soul because the voice of your soul is going to take you where you need to go and you're empowered to choose so wherever you're standing right now and whatever line you're on and you're at a cross you're at a crossroads and you have to choose just get quiet and know that you're empowered to make the right choice and the right choice starts with being committed and devoted to that deep intuitive understanding that's guiding you to absolutely follow the path of your soul so that you can ultimately master the ego and do what you came here to do and i'll close with this quote that i love by james adam seek out the mental attribute which makes you feel most deeply and vitally alive along with which comes the inner voice which says this is the real me and when you hear that voice follow it wherever it leads so the voice that comes out says this is the real me when you do a t chart and you see the ego on one side and the divine self the attributes of you on the other side and you start connecting with those and affirming those and writing those down 
and you do things that put you in a state of peace and you journal and you go from journaling your feelings to streaming information with the voice of your soul, pretty soon you start to hear this wisdom that is coming through. And to follow that voice is the greatest gift you have because that voice is the divine part of you that is waiting to awaken you to your purpose, your destiny, and all of the wisdom you need to overcome and master the ego so that you can truly do what you came to this earth plane to do. Being empowered to choose is how you will make your life manifest exactly as you designed it before you were born with the ideals of helping the world while you evolved as a soul. Your soul is waiting to communicate with you and the voice of the soul is the most important relationship you will ever have. Do everything you can to nurture that connection and you'll be amazed at what will happen in your life and how quickly things will turn around. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful night. Peace be with you. Peace.